Hello, welcome to Steel City Business, the Sheffield business podcast. I'm James Marriott. I'll be your host as we explore the vibrant business scene of the glorious city of Sheffield. Now, in each episode, we meet someone from across the Steel City to learn more about them and, of course, their business. I run my own business. It's called Sound Media, and it's all about helping brands to amplify their voice through audio marketing. If you want to find out more, then head to the show notes. There's more information there. And this podcast is supported by the lovely people at The Curious, creative agency in the centre of Sheffield. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with us, maybe to suggest a guest or for any reason, then there are contact details in the show notes or head to steelcity.business. Right, that's enough for that. Let's meet our guest. Hi, I'm Greg Hewitt. I'm the chair of Sheffield Action on Plastic. This is um, a slightly different episode for us. We're still quite early in this run of Steel City business, but I'm really glad that, that early on we are covering something that's a little bit different because you're not just a business that's here to talk about the great products and services and things that you offer. This is a different kind of organisation doing a different kind of work. Tell us, tell us more about Sheffield Action on Plastic. Yeah, so basically, uh, Sheffield Action on Plastic kind of came out of another existing group that I set up, which was called Plastic Free Sheffield Central. And that Plastic Free Sheffield Central was part of a wider charity called Surface Against Sewage. And Surface Against Sewage, a national charity that run the National Plastic Free Communities Programme. There's like something like 600, 700 groups out there across the country who are working in their communities to reduce single-use plastics. I moved to Sheffield just over two years ago and I'd moved from Chesterfield where I was running the Chesterfield group of Surfers Against Sewage. So I was, I was running Plastic Free Chesterfield and we, you know, we had a lot of success there working in the local community. We managed to kind of get an award in the end because we'd, we'd achieved all our objectives that we needed, we were set. And um, that was really great. And then I knew that I was moving to Sheffield and I was thinking, well, there is no plastic action group. I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll set one up. I contacted Surfers Against Sewage and said, can I set up this Sheffield group? And I didn't want to set up a massive one like across the whole of Sheffield because Sheffield is a massive area. So I just focused on like central constituency in Sheffield. So mm -hmm. that's why we called it Plastic Free Sheffield Central. Yep. So we did like about a year of kind of trying to achieve objectives. We really struggled. I'd managed to find the volunteers, but we it was still very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. And some of those objectives include sort of signing up um, and speaking to businesses and community organisations about reducing plastic in their organisation. But it was it was very very challenging. You know, I'd sent emails to businesses uh, um, and community groups, and I just I didn't really going to get a response. Right. One of the things that I'd I'd noticed when I'd moved to Sheffield was that I'd started going to all these markets, and I found that there was these disposable cups that were being used at the at these events, and I thought, oh, that just doesn't feel right at all. Like you know, and I've got this kind of interest and passion for wanting to reduce single use plastic, and I saw these plastic cups and things being used. Basically, we, we ended up getting interest from a Sheffield business called Low Tog. Right. And they make reusable crates. And they could have just reached out to me via Twitter and they said, oh, we want to we help you. So they 
we said, oh, yeah, well, I've seen these disposable cups and I wondered whether you'd be interested in helping to fund reusable cups. So we ended up getting the cups around March last year. We took them to Shadowvale Market, but what we realised was that we were a subgroup of Surfers Against Sewage, so we weren't allowed to fundraise and keep the money for ourselves. So any money that we raised, we we would have to give back to Surfers Against Sewage. Yep, yep. And I was just thinking, well, how are we going to continue to make a difference in Sheffield then if we're always raising money for this external national charity. And the other thing is, was like we went to Shalvo Market and we took these reusable cups to the market and we wanted to do it on a deposit return scheme because that means that people are more likely to return the cups. But then we were only allowed to use cash because we weren't, we didn't have a card reader because we weren't, we didn't have a bank account. We weren't allowed a bank account. So I was like, right, okay, we need to set up a new organisation then. So that was it. So then that was the sort of the formation of Sheffield Action on Plastic. We didn't want to use the word against plastic. We didn't want to, because I think the, the word ne- like against sort of is quite a negative term. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we would like, we weren't like Sheffield against plastic or anything like that. So it's like we're doing positive action, like we're making a difference and stuff. And we always thought, right, this is going to be really great if we set up a brand new organisation because it means that we're going to have a bank account, we can buy a card reader. So if we take these cups out again, we can have a card reader that's linked to a bank account. And it just means that we can apply for funding and we can do so much more in the community with like our own separate organisation, really. Before we go any deeper into talking about Sheffield Action on Plastic, what, what about, so what about you? What, what made you passionate about this? When, when did you kind of decide that, you know what, doing something about single-use plastic is your calling? It was only until after I left university that I was looking for work experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and my degree was in digital media, so I was looking for sort of work experience around kind of digital media. I'm from Southampton, and I was I was looking around that area. There's a city in Hampshire called Winchester, and there's this organisation called WINAC. I think it was Winchester Action on Climate Change, something like that. I think it yep. was. They were looking for a web designer, so a web like, like a web developer, someone to kind of work with their website. So I was like, oh, this is really interesting because I'd studied environmental science at college and like, so I kind of got a little bit on that and I'd want, you know, this good opportunity to develop web skills and kind of with this. So I went along to that and they gave me a book. They were like, I don't know if you know much about climate change or anything, but he, you know, here's a book. And they were like, oh, um, there's a community group called Eastly Transition Network. And I was like, oh, what's this? And they were like, oh, I'd really recommend you just, you have a look on the website and they're doing a film screening like next week or something. So I'd recommend just coming along to that, finding out a little bit more. So I went along to this film screening and the film screening was about the amount of plastic in the ocean. So it was all about the great garbage patch in the ocean. I was like, wow, this is crazy. But then they kind of introduced the idea of the transition network, which was about getting together in your local community with people to take action on climate change on these kind of issues. So that was kind of that that was kind of what set me off really. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting that like we don't have to like lobby politicians. We can just get together with local people in our community to take action on, on these kind of issues. Yeah. And that was really great. And so basically yeah, I kind of joined the EC Transition Network. I even set up my own transition group. I didn't particularly focus on the issues of plastics at that time. It was it was more sort of just kind of general environmental awareness. Sure. That kind of spurred me off into all sorts of things. I joined transition groups. I moved to Southampton. I got involved in Transition Southampton. I got involved in Southampton Eastly Friends of the Earth. So, I, you know, all sort of spurred out into all sorts of different things. And then I moved to Nottingham and then I heard about 
something called Fracking. And so basically I ended up forming a, a group in Nottingham called Frack Free Nottinghamshire. And we were kind of campaigning about, you know, against fracking and we were kind of raising awareness in local communities. And then it got to sort of like 2018 where there was a moratorium on fracking. So I was thinking about, right, what can I do now that fracking is technically over? And it made me think, I was thinking, one of the companies who wanted to be carrying out this fracking was a company called Ineos in order to create plastics. And I was thinking like, wow, this is crazy because I'd learned all about plastics all these years ago and every day and learn about the impacts of plastics. And so basically um, I was thinking, right, okay, maybe I can do something on plastics then because I was like, well, this is crazy that companies want to kind of make more plastic. So I started looking into that and I came across the Surface Against Sewage Plastic Free Communities campaign. I thought, well, this is great. So just as I moved to Chesterfield, I was like, right, I'm going to sign up for this because this is something I can now get involved in now that I'm no longer campaigning on fracking. What do you think in terms of, I guess I'm asking about sort of public consciousness of this issue, because if you go back maybe maybe just 10 years, certainly 15 years, I don't know if that many people were thinking too much about single-use plastics, reusable things. Yeah. Even, I suppose, recycling was on people's agenda, but it does feel like in the last 10, 15 years that, that, that that's really kind of, that's, that's really strengthened that, that people have bought more into it at the same time i'm going to use the example of bizarrely vaping you know we've seen disposable vapes come on the market which is the opposite direction to reusable things these things that not only are they thrown away often you just see loads of them Mm. at the side of the road and stuff like that so it's you know there's arguments of of kind of you know two steps forward one step back or 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 whatever what's your take on on kind of public consciousness of, of of the issues around i guess specifically plastic yeah, I mean, I think like over the years, there has been a lot of interest. And was there a program like on to like, you know, for a long, like about 30, 30 years ago or something called Go Wild or something or, um, but there was, you know, Chris Packham and yeah, I mean, uh, well, I kind of grew up kind of like, like watching like the Really Wild show and things and stuff like that. And it, oh, you're bringing all the memories back You know, now. all these kind of things and stuff. And I just, and you know, there was, there was all of that interest and, you know, the kids were really interested in kind of those issues around like, you know, the ecology and yeah, biodiversity yeah. and, you know, learning about animals and all that kind of conservation and stuff like that so you know there was all of that but I think like as the years went on I think like environmentalists started realizing that you know it really started becoming more of an urgency and I think and obviously like David Attenborough was he'd been doing like programs like this for years and years you know talking about kind of you know biodiversity conservation and love you know what love for wildlife and the natural planet and things I do think like a big moment was like Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2 like because yeah. like David Attenborough was talking about you know, the natural world and talking about the kind of the issues around decline and stuff. And because like David Attenborough kind of got himself a really great, a good name from all yeah. the, you know, programs they'd done before, like people were watching this on TV thinking, wow, actually like, you know, this is, this, this is a really important issue and we need to do something about it. Yeah. And it was only from Blue Planet 2, which was, I think, 2017, I think it was, where he talked about the issues of plastics and the oceans and things. It was like, people were, it was like, wow, like, this is crazy. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, there had been issues in the past about plastics and stuff before, but it was only the Blue Planet 2 that kind of brought this to attention because people were like, wow, this is this is crazy. You know, he was really highlighting it. And actually now it is known, that, that kind of, that time in history is now known as the David Attenborough effect. Right, wow. So it's actually got a term, like, David Attenborough effect because wow. it was that moment where like, people really kind of started to kind of 
get gain interest. And I think uh, as the years went on, I think like, you know, there was that combined with climate emergency as well, because David Natter would produce more programmes talking about more about kind of the climate emergency and talking about this kind of this kind of thing. So 2018, 2019, that's when that that's when really things started really kind of going off really because you, yeah. you started getting like Greta Thunberg talking about yep. uh, you know school strikes and you know the, the movement like the climate movement really grew because I, but I do watershed think watershed moment wasn't but it? I do think it was David Attenborough that kind of like kick started everything and that, Na- that was, national treasure yeah David Attenborough uh, and what about in Sheffield then so what's kind of the reaction been and and I'm aware obviously you know this is a business podcast we met at uh, a business awards night which is when we first got talking about it and some people might think okay yeah people doing their recycling and buying things that are reusable plastic rather than single use plastic fine what's that going to do with business in a city for example like you know there's there's thousands of businesses and you and you have to think actually how like how many of those businesses are using packaging yep. in their business and obviously, like that, or it's not—it's not just packaging. Obviously, there's other there's other kind of elements and stuff as well. But packaging was the main thing, and so so that's kind of where the link is with the businesses because this is what Surfers Against Sewage were offering. They were offering these little these plaques and these wooden plaques, which is really lovely, and these certificates for businesses for if they were able to reduce single-use plastics. So obviously, businesses have a huge role to play in kind of reducing plastic. And this was one of the things that I did when I was moved to Chesterfield I was kind of starting to I started visiting different businesses in Chesterfield kind of noticing what kind of what they were using that kind of thing so I would I would go into like a cafe write down the kind of things that the businesses were using for example were they using paper straws yeah were they using like sachet, like plastic sauce sachets were they using plastic sugar sachets were they using like plastic bags were they using plastic whether did they have plastic water bottles so i kind of was going into sort of businesses kind of almost like doing a bit of an audit and stuff with these businesses kind of working it out and i would talk to the businesses and say oh you know like if you if you took away plastic bags and just used paper bags then you, you know you're already doing paper straws and you're already doing like sauces in glasses glass glasses for yeah, example yeah. Then, like, I was like, well, you've already got two swaps. You can get an award. And I was, I would go around, show the businesses their award. And for businesses, it's great for them, yeah, it's them nice. to win, win awards and things. So they were like, oh, this is really great. And we want to win an award and that kind of thing. So we, I just start going around businesses. And, and that's where the link is, really. So, um, yeah, I think, like, business, like I said, businesses have a huge role to play in kind of reducing single-use plastic. Everyone's got some kind of carbon footprint and, and, and businesses can play their part, really. And businesses play a huge role in the community. So if you can get a lot of businesses doing their bit to reduce single-use plastic, we're not saying about eliminating all single-use, like all plastics, but actually, like, you know, if they can, you can do something, then it's, yep. then that's, you know, it makes a massive difference. Has to be. How many businesses are there out there? And if all of them are reducing plastics, it's going to, it's going to have an impact. It's weird that you mentioned straws in there because <laughs> Almost overnight, plastic straws vanished, mm. gone. You know, you just don't see them anymore. People, yeah. you know, uh, paper, paper straws, kind of metal reusable ones, pubs, bars, people's houses, just uh, they just vanished. Plastic single-use pints, glasses, very much still a thing. Why? Why is it taking so much longer for that to change? <laughs> when when plastic straws just kind of you know literally overnight just vanished yeah so i think i think what that was was that it was like a survey of like the most number of littered items yeah and i think david attenborough kind of 
sort of highlighted about this as well. And, yeah. and there was, you know, there was the, there was some viral videos that went around about turtles found with plastic straws up their noses, for example, and yeah. and things like that. Really. So I think like the issue of plastic straws really kind of got into the public attention. David Attenborough was talking about it. Yeah. People were saying it's you know it's the most littered item on the beaches. So that's why I think that straws kind of was was one of the first items to sort of okay. be banned. Because, that makes sense. Yeah, it was just so prominent. So we need the same to happen with with um, with other plastics as well. Yeah. Um, thinking about glasses, it always feels weird calling plastic glasses glasses, because they're made of plastic, <laughs> not glass. So this is obviously something that you've been working on a particular scheme with, with regards to it. So tell us a bit more about that, that scheme and how that works. Yeah, so um, I did some research like when I moved to Sheffield about uh, looking at um, what the alternatives were for plastic plastic cups basically so I'd, I'd looked at other plastic free community groups like surface against sewage groups and some of the some of these other other groups had bought these reusable cups and there was there was a couple of companies out there and i think the main one was something one called green goblet right um and they were using these cups either to hire out into the community so they would offer it to hire out to different people as a way of sort of reducing if people were using plastics they could hire these reusable cups or they would just like take them out to events or that kind of thing so i yep. think like so i just kind of got gained a lot of inspiration and that's kind of like my my journey is like an environmentalist i never like reinventing the wheel like because i always think well there's some there's, there's, there's always another community out there who's like who's done something so i look at all that i do that research like finding out what's out there found found these groups that are doing it and they were like right well we can do that as well yeah uh, and so that was kind of why i then that was when i started researching the different options so we did a lot of research looking at kind of what what companies sell these kind of these cups some of these companies offered as a hire service or to buy it and i thinking like i was thinking well if we want to hire it we've got every time there's an event in sheffield we've got to hire the cups we've got to order the cups in get them like and then take them all the, all the way back and i was thinking like i mean transport is one of the high carbon emitters yeah of so course. so and i was thinking like well actually if we've got you've got to transport all these cups to like for every event i was thinking well that's going to add up you know i don't want to be causing more kind of carbon emissions to hire these cups in of course every time like we needed the cups so i thought well, we need to buy them so but then then i was like well how do we buy how do we buy them? Because, like, we didn't, you know, we were part of Surface Against Sewage. We didn't have any money. We weren't allowed yeah. to, like, that kind of thing. And that was where, like, we were just really, really lucky to build to kind of get this contact with Lotog, who were, you know, who had this foundation. And they were like, oh, we, we want to do this. And, and I think for Lotog, it was really good for them because the you know, Lotog have a business all around the world. And they were like, well, if we get these cups, then it means that they can kind of, you know, showcase what they're doing. It could, they, they were able to order more cups for their offices and things and stuff as well. So it wasn't just a way of like helping Sheffield on reducing single-use plastics, but they were able to use some of the, the cups and, and they would take them out to offices around the world as well, sure. which is amazing. I mean, so actually like, you know, it's fantastic what they've achieved, like putting some, some of that money in and the impact that that's made. I put a post on LinkedIn about it and said, we've got these reusable cups. We really like to get some wine goblets as well because you know we want to start getting other different kinds of cups. So like, I just put a post on LinkedIn. Uh, there's someone at a company, a cheerful business called Swagbox, and he saw this post. He was like, oh, we'll, we'll do it. Like, you know, he ends up buying these 
I think, I think we got 400 wine goblets. So we were really starting to build this. And so that was it. So we like, so as I was saying earlier, we took these cups to Chauvel Market and we offered the cups as an, as an alternative. It has been difficult and it is still difficult because there are businesses like which are a bit more hesitant and I completely understand it so at the time when we first started we it was all run on a cash-based deposit system which is really challenging because obviously you've got to like kind of queue to get your money back but I, I I'd seen it work like I went to like Manchester Christmas Market in December 2021 I think it worked quite well in Manchester because there was a lot of staff on the bars you never really had to queue up a huge amount to kind of do of course, it yeah. but at a smaller market for example like you know you've mainly only got a couple of staff there's like you know there's queues that start to yeah. form and things and stuff like that and we were trying to work with like a business like two-thirds um, beer co who were like the bar company at the market and I completely understand it and I can I completely get it I was like you know I think they were like we don't want to handle these deposits you know they don't want to handle the cash they don't want to have to pe- have to have people queuing up to like you know give them give them the money back and stuff completely I completely understand that and I think yeah it's it was kind of a challenge and that's why we were kind of that's why we were at the market as well we were saying well you don't have to do it all we said to two thirds was, please ask people if they want it in a cup, a reusable cup. Therefore, then come to us. But then it, it was just more hassle because they would have to then pay twice. Yeah. Because they'd have to come to us, pay the deposit for the cup, and then go to the bar and then get you know. So they'd have to make two transaction payments, and it was just. But in November, we were approached by a company called Delete Global, and do they run this Delete Cups? And they, uh, they sent me a message on LinkedIn, said, oh, we've seen all the really good work that you've been doing using these reusable cups at markets. We want to work with you to kind of roll out this this kind of re, you know reusables in Sheffield. They basically said that they'd been working on this technology that an, like, enabled a deposit return system to be implemented without the need for cash deposits and the need for queuing stuff like that um you know it all works on a, a card transaction and I, I just i just thought wow this is like revolutionary this is amazing delete cups were saying we we want to build to roll out a reusable coffee cup scheme and this was always on our agenda yeah about wanting to run a reusable coffee cup scheme which is really really exciting so basically in order to for people to get your money back when the customers finish their drink they can take it back and they've got these sort of re, return bins it scans the cups. So these cups have got RFID chips in. Well, so like when they when they're when they're making a the drink, they scan the cup, they check the cup out. When they put the cup into the bin, it checks the cup, it checks the cup back in, which then triggers the refund to be made. Clever. And obviously, this doesn't just have to work with coffee cups. This can work with pint cups and everything as well. So this is sort of like the ultimate plan, really, for us now is to sort of say, well, we've got some cups. Um, you know, we want anyone who's running a market or event in Sheffield, we want this system to be implemented because it, we know it works and it can it can be really effective. So this is our plan now, uh, is that going forwards, we want to see anyone who's serving either alcohol with like plastic pint cups or hot drinks. We want to see this system being used with reusables. Real. Yeah, so that's that's our vision really. And it's we know it can work because we've got this system that can make it work really well. So if there's anyone listening to this that wants to get involved, be it someone that's organising an event or just individuals who just think, I just, you know, I want to be able to support you and, and, and get involved. How do they do that? What's the best way for people to find out more and to ultimately get in touch? Yeah, so I think the best way is just to head to our website, which is www.sheffordactiononplastic.co.uk. 
We do have reusable cups for hire. So if you're running, like if you're an individual running a, a party or something that needs cups for a party, um, you know, we can kind of wash those cups. We've partnered with uh, Sheffield Theatres who are willing to wash our cups for us. Real. So which is really, really great because they, the theatres have reusable cups anyway. Yep. Or if you're a business like, you know, that's serving drinks, then, you know, get in touch. And we want to, you know, we want to build to like work with, with you on using reusable cups. We do only have about 500 pint cups and 400 um, wine goblets at the minute. Um, but we are we have just put a funding bid in to be able to get more reusable pint cups. And this is our vision, really. Well, I look forward to seeing how things progress over the coming weeks and months and years. The best of luck with it. Um, and um, thank you for your time today telling us all about it. No, thank you very much for having me. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Steel City Business. It's been really lovely to have you with us. Now, you know how this works. If you've enjoyed it and you want in on future episodes, then just follow us on your podcast app or on YouTube. The show is very active on LinkedIn. Just search for Steel City Business and come and connect with me as well while you're at it. Big thank you to The Curious for helping make this podcast happen. There's loads more about the show at steelcity.business and you can get in touch by emailing james at steelcity.business. And hey, if you're in business in Sheffield, then, well, why not put yourself forward as a guest for a future episode? And of course, we're always open for a good chat about how audio marketing could work for your brand. Until next time, thanks for listening.